Welcome, everyone, to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Probably not. Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children's of all a children's oh, children of all ages. Chitlins. Guess what? Kyle's back. Here I am. <laughs> you knew it would happen eventually. It's just a matter of time. I feel like celebrating. I feel like celebrating. We are celebrating. We are celebrating. I'm going to drink this warm beer. It's a Friday night. It's a Friday night cast, so you know things are getting wild. (laughs) Smoking cigars. Wait, you're smoking a cigar. I'm smoking. I smoked the shit out of this cigar. I can't get it in the screen. Yeah. So I want to tell you, I was mowing the grass today. Because it's about the last time I'm going to have to mow it for the season. It's, Fucking I. The grass Don't you love it? Oh, it's great. It's, it's, you can tell it's not really growing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's done. You just got to get that last that last trim on it. Yep. And uh, I did. I, I edged it up real good and everything. Made it look real sharp. I gave it a nice fade. Mm-hmm. You know, I, f- I faded from a one. Nice taper. <laughs> I, I cut it. It was a hard part. I cut that thing right in. You got, you got a pretty good <clears throat> part in your hair going. Oh, shit. Yeah, because I went to my old barber. Oh, yeah? My new barber uh, moved to Texas. And I didn't realize that. Tejas. She did. How they say it. Yeah, her. It was uh, a woman. Yeah, woman. What? I've been getting. <laughs> I've been getting my hair cut. Nah, it's, I don't. I don't trust her. However, she's a lesbian lady. Her, okay. Her girlfriend's in Texas. You're speaking my language. So, and we get along great. We're about the same age, and uh, we have some things in common. It was, but it was just a coincidence that I bumped, that I got my hair cut by her. Yeah. Because. My wife went there for some reason to her shop, and she mentioned that she was giving some dude a haircut, and it looked really fucking fresh. Yeah, and fresh. So you might want to check it out. It looked really fresh. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to look. Fresh. I'd like to have a fresh haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to see her, and uh, she's she's awesome. I love her. So I'll tell you this: being that she's a lesbian, that like it makes it more acceptable. Um, but generally, I don't I don't want a woman to cut my hair if I have short hair. Which I do now, by the way. Oh, for everybody. you forgot! I yeah, forgot to for bring that up. Who didn't realize I'm bald now? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, not quite bald right now, but generally, I've I've let it like grow in a little bit. I think tomorrow I'm gonna polish it up. You know? Yeah. With what? With a razor? No, I don't go. I don't go actual okay. razor. I just do no guard on the yeah, the yeah. clippers. Yep. Yeah. I told my mom you cut your hair. Yeah. What'd she say? What do you look like? It's been years. I know, and you know what I told her. Handsome. Yeah, I, I feel handsome. I think you look better with short hair, dude. Yeah, I think I do too. I think a lot, and I think uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the general consensus is that I look better. That's with, the feedback you're yeah, getting. Yeah, uh, not 
you know, I don't, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. I don't think I'm the most handsome man in the world or anything. But my boss said that I look, and this is not the first time I've heard this. And when I have short hair, people have told me this mm-hmm. before that I look like Charlie Hunnam. Yes, you do. Yeah. You do have something about you that reminds me of Charlie. That's Hunnam. good, man. Because that's like people used to tell me all the time that I, you look like Seth Rogen. <laughs> like I just don't. I don't want to look like Seth Rogen. Yeah. Mostly because I don't like Seth Rogen. He's a fucking, you know, you know. Yeah, I know exactly. You know what Seth Rogen yeah. is. I'd like to like Seth Rogen. I do like Seth. Rogen. I used to like Seth Rogen. I just don't think back in the day. I just I just wouldn't be able to talk politics with the guy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be able to talk about how much I like James Franco still. Oh, did they have a falling out? Yeah, you know, James Franco got some accusations, as people do. And uh, Oh, come on. Rogan was just not there for his boy. No way. You know, that's, that's, how, that's how people in Hollywood are, man. That's why we've talked about this off podcast, because yeah. I haven't been on for a while. Yes. But I have tons of respect for Ashton Kutcher. Because he did exactly what all of these fucking fake Hollywood celebrities should have done for people that they considered friends. And as soon as these accusations comes out, these accusations, excuse me, plural, um, they just like drop their friend, their friends yep. like, a, like a hot potato. So I'm going to have to ask you for some details. So I, I remember, obviously, Hyde, what's his name? Masterson, Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson. I'm aware that of the rape allegations that came out against him, and something happened the first time it was tried, and it got thrown mm-hmm. out and retried. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the details. I did see an article that said Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher wrote letters of support uh, yeah. for the court, and they got a bunch of shit for it. Mm-hmm. And I heard that they both apologized afterwards. Yeah, which, after he was found guilty. Okay. Yeah, which, you know. I don't know, but you finish your thought. I don't, don't want to cut you off. Let me get one of well, the, on, the only thing that I would add to that is the case got thrown out the first time, and I don't know the details. I'm speaking completely out of turn, but it got thrown out the first time, which means it seems to mean there wasn't enough evidence to convict them. They tried the same case in Los Angeles County. Yeah, the most liberal county in the world. And the, jur- the jurors were a majority female. Yeah. And what do you expect to happen? Mm-hmm. So I don't do, do. I think he's guilty based on all of that. I would I would put a question mark there. Yeah. So I had I don't remember who I can't remember who exactly said it, but somebody who like when they say something, I'm not like that's bullshit immediately. Said something about that that case like looking fishy for Danny Masters and like he may have actually done it, but. I don't know any of the details, so I'm not comfortable. I can't, you know, yeah. not that it fucking matters if I condemn Danny Masterson one way or the other, but yeah, I don't know, so I'm not going to come out and say. So these are one. Of, this is one of these occasions where, it's hard, I, first of all, I like Danny Masterson. I was a huge fan of that '70s yeah. show. He, was, he awesome. was one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. characters. That's what. See, for me, that '70s show is like The Office, where I'll go back and rewatch it from time to time. Yeah. I fucking love that show. I, I love it, too. Uh, not as much as you do, I don't think. <laughs> I for me, The Office is The Office. Yes. I, fucking... I think that that 70s show is super nostalgic for me, in addition to being having a really good cast and being legitimately yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, where was I going with this? Uh, Danny Masterson. Ashton and Mila. Mila Kunis. Good gracious. Mila Kunis. Makes me think of, uh, what's that movie with Jason Segel? Oh, the funny uh, one. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, like a frog? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marsh Sarah Forgetting Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that's the that's one. That's the yeah. one. Okay. But anyways, mm. back to Danny Matt. Oh, you got it? No, but while we're talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall, there's a Russell Brand leap we can oh, make yeah, if you want to make that leap. And, and like it just ties in with everything we're talking about, Sure too. does, doesn't it? Yeah. It wasn't planned, you guys. That's no. how good we are at this fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the cigar. It's doing it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, Mine's pretty much gone at this point, so I don't really want to smoke it anymore, but uh makes me think of Arnold. Do you know the clip I'm talking about? Um, I don't know. I just like that mine's bigger than yours. Well, you know. But uh, there's this clip of Arnold, and he's talking about smoking a cigar. He's like, I smoke my stogie wherever I want to. He's like, I don't let people tell me what the fuck to do, you know? Arnold used to be fucking awesome. Yeah, he he did. He did. It's not so much. And now he's like Mitt Romney, basically. Yep. But, uh... I bet he can still pop his pecs back and forth. I bet you he can. And he's probably got some allegations against him somewhere just to like bring it back into what we were talking about. Where Arnold's got to have some accusations. Yeah. See, you know, that's before we jump over to Russell Brand, that's one thing I was going to say is that Danny Masterson was so popular back then. Mm. He was so astronomically popular. Like, look at what happened to the careers of the kids on that show. I mean, people, people, I mean, obviously Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis got got huge. Celebs. Huge. But Laura Propon, huge. Yeah. And uh, beautiful. Um, But, you know, and Fez had a a short period of fame, uh, MTV fame afterwards. Not uh, much of one. But they all, they all had their thing. And uh, what's his face? The main, the main guy. Yeah. Topher Topher Grace. Grace, Yeah. Yeah. He did movies, you know, with Harrison Ford and shit. Yeah. He's been in some big stuff. Yeah. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he was a super pop- popular at the time. Yeah. Um. He is a good-looking dude, and he was the bad boy on that show. You trying to tell me that guy had to do fishy stuff to get laid? It does. It's listen. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it either way. I'm just no, saying. I'm with you. It's hard for me to believe. It's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of a person who would do that under any circumstances. And the fact that he was wealthy and desired. Uh, and popular, and at, at that age when you're fucking twenty years old, girls are girls are throwing themselves. You know they don't. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm tiptoeing on, on dangerous uh, water talking about female sexuality, but yeah. you know what I mean. That's why it's good that I'm back because I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> trample all over this yeah. when you get done. But you know what I mean, though. It's like uh, you remember how girls were. I, I, listen, my my own sister. <laughs> well, it's just like the celebrity stuff. That it's like um, has a superpower over them girls you know like my sister loved Hanson oh yeah so much Hanson you remember yeah, Hanson yeah. I don't remember I don't know if you remember this but we went to a concert at the basement mm-hmm. and it's when I had originally I don't think Mary and I were dating at this point I think yep. we were just talking yep but we went to see some band maybe it was Cartel Ooh, so I, hold on, I'm going to tell the audience who's listening. The basement is this small concert venue. It's in the basement of a larger concert concert venue. So this is in Columbus. It's uh, it's kind of a sweet little spot if it's still around. The basement is a cool spot. You can, yeah. get, you can get right up to I'm the sure stage. I'm sure it's still around. And uh, there's like old couches in there and it's like a piece of shit. But it, it, the bands that play there are like either washed up or, net, you know, or coming just up. coming up. Yeah. yeah. But you can meet them, you know, you meet the members more easily and it's really kind of cool. Yeah. So that's the scene. We're in the basement. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Cartel and one of the the opening bands. There was this lead singer. I mean, he's not he's not anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mary was into him. You could tell, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's up there on stage, which you know was it? Whatever. Was it Chiodos? No. no. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. 
Uh, but that, that's the whole story. Just that, that oh. being up on a stage oh, that, man. you know. Yeah. 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 And that's funny, man. That's like a little window into human psychology where you can see what women are like subconsciously attracted to. Like where even they don't quite, um, it's not, they're not fully conscious of it. They're just, they just respond to it. Yeah. It's like, what do they respond to? Kind of like a man when he sees a woman with big old, you know. Big old. Whatever. You yeah. plug it in. Yep. Plug it in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. But the difference between men, men and women, yeah. what what men respond to versus what women respond to, it's the status. The man literally is up on a pedestal. He's on a stage, looking down at you with a fucking bright light shining down. Him. A Looks like an angel. <laughs> Got a hog like a police baton. You know what I mean? And his hair is quaffed. You know. Yeah. And she doesn't know what to do with herself. Well, she has an idea. She has a vague idea. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. That's like a big thing on the internet right now. It, I, you know, I, you're on Twitter, but I don't think you run in the same circles as I do. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the dynamics between men and women is a big talking point on the internet right mm. now. People talking about marriage and whether you should or whether you shouldn't. Yep. So let me tell you, I'll tell you what happened to me and you tell me if this is part of it. Do you remember seeing that tweet that I that I got uh, wrapped into a conversation with a woman who was a, uh, um, she what's the word, feminist? No, no, no. no. She she doesn't. Um, she's against people having children. Antinatalist. Anti yeah. yeah, I never heard of that before. I talk Is that about part a of it? I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I work with this girl who's very antinatalist. I dropped that word at work the other day. I went into my boss's office because I like. You know, both of my, my, like, most direct supervisors I really like. So I just go, sometimes when I'm waiting on the crane or whatnot, I just go hang out. And in my one boss's office, there's, um, he works with a, a lady who shares an office with him. And this other lady comes in and, uh, you know, they just like bullshit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm unfortunate enough to be in the office when they're there together. And uh, it's just very... They're youngish, you know, uh, not, not like super, it's not like they're like 19 or anything, but they're younger than I am and very just anti-natalist vibe. One of them says this line all the time. Let's hear it. Fuck them kids. I <laughs> <laughs> just, I like every time she does, I like, I just have to get up and leave, you know? Cause it's like, I'm going to start. Like, I'll have these conversations here, yeah. and I'll have these conversations a lot of places, but I can't do it while I'm at work, oh, yeah, you know? No, I, no. I'm going to get fucking canned. Although... But you should if they... Have, if, if it keeps pushing, man. I just feel like one of these days I'm going to have to. It's like, why the fuck are you allowed to talk about how you hate kids and, you know... It just irritates the fuck if, out of if me, either of those She's people, a nice lady. If though. either of those people ever catch the stink eye that you're giving them, and they say, you know, they demand, the they demand to know oh, what's yeah. wrong... You don't have to get into details or rant, but you just say like, "I think you're dumb." Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like everything you're saying is like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, I guess the argument, and I partly understand it, is that the world is fucked up, and it seems to be headed in a bad direction. There's pain and suffering in the world, and you can't avoid those sorts of negative experiences if you're alive you can't it's part of it so why not just not live avoid the suffering avoid the the the, the ill fate that we're all headed towards avoid the apocalypse that's coming mm -hmm. and you know it's like it's a very nihilistic fucking worldview 
but I can kind of understand it to at least some degree. Like I can, I can imagine a time when I was yeah that cowardly yeah to not to to word. not think that like we can change things, you know. And, and I don't know, man. It just yeah. It's just, uh, so I've been more active on Reddit recently. I don't know why. I've just been fucking around on Reddit, and one of the subreddits that I found is r slash nihilism it's the nihilism subreddit mm. and holy shit man bad it's just bunch it's just full of a bunch of d- just dumb people who like you can't f- you can't think of anything to like live for to like make you not think that everything sucks yeah what yeah what they have to live for is to go online and to complain to each other about how dark and dreary and pointless the world is yeah they're still doing that aren't it's they fucking eeyore Dude, I've got wrapped into a couple of those folks. I told you about them before. We had this whole conversation once about Mold- Moldor or some shit, some guy on Twitter. I don't remember um, him. I brought him up. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Not worth remembering, it sounds there's, like. There's a handful of them. And every, and every now and then, I'll get wrapped into a conversation with them. Because I, I can't help myself when I see them say shit. That oh, yeah. I know it, exactly what you mean. I'm like, or, and I yeah. propose an alternative, like... Look at the fucking bright side. Yeah. And they just constantly want to bring it back down. It's, yeah. You know. It's retarded. I, I probably shouldn't say that so early into the podcast. We might It might affect our uh, our views or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to get our uh, camera off the fucking... So we can't see ourselves. Why? Well, I like seeing distract. myself. You want to see it? All right. Yeah, I prefer right. to. Yeah, okay. That way I can see you even if I'm not looking at you. <laughs> it's actually... Actually, yeah, it's okay. Because sometimes direct eye contact's weird after an extended period of time. And, you know what I... You you wanna, th- you're putting way more thought into this than I am. <laughs> you know how I feel right now, Kyle? How's that? Drunk? A little, but... Do you remember when we were kids? You know, your parents didn't smoke, did they? Mm-mm. So my parents both smoked? Cigarettes? Cigarettes. Marlboro's. Yeah, my mom smoked cigarettes at one point. And did she smoke in the car? Not so much. So, I remember both of my parents smoking in the car. Just getting... Fumigated, and I'm in the back seat. That's how I feel in this podcast studio right now because that cigar smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my parents, when we, when we were kids, man, they didn't give a shit that we were coughing and uncomfortable. And then every now and then, my dad would be like begrudgingly roll the window down. And back in those days, Cracking. you actually had to fucking roll the window down. Yep. And then I'm freezing my little kid balls off take your pick man you're either going to be inhaling carcinogens or you're going to be shivering yep cancer or, or hypothermia yep. that, that's what we're going to call this episode cancer or hypothermia cancer, cancer or hypothermia no let's not do that that's dreary yeah that's dreary bad idea it's like one of those nihilist yeah losers. god damn it it got to me yeah it creeps in it does creep in you know gets its uh it like tickles at you every now and it then does. I try not to let it good you know I used to be hardcore nihilist back in the day. I know. I don't. I mean, how hardcore? Pretty hardcore. Because that would be a surprise to me. Because I don't. Even when you were that way, I didn't want to really see you that way. Yeah, I guess not. I, I guess I wasn't as hardcore as like the people that we're talking about. Like the people that we're talking about on Reddit and your. It's like. I'm not suggesting this by any stretch of the means because I'm not that kind of person. But uh, it's like, why don't you just unalive yourself if it's that bad? And if you're really a nihilist, what are you staying here for? Yeah. Tap out. Yep. And I don't want you to do that. It's not. No, I, no, I think that's not. a terrible idea, but. But that goes back to the cow- the cowardly word that you yeah, just. That that's you why I used yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. I, I can see that, yeah. It's like, if it's so bad and you're putting all this energy into expressing how bad it is, what's the problem? It's particularly funny to me that a lot of these 
nihilist types on Reddit are like fairly left wing. They're like, we need to change. Why? If yeah. nothing matters, then why do we need to change anything? You yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But yeah, so I guess I wasn't that hardcore, but I did think that like I was a materialist, you know, just like once we're dead, that's it. Yep. You know, no, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Now, do you think that happens to everybody with age? Or do you think... I mean, no, because I know a lot of old people who feel the same way. Really? Yeah. I wonder how they got so old if they feel that way. Yeah. It's like kind of uh, hypocritical. Yeah. Yep, but people aren't concerned about being hypocrites anymore, Kyle. It happens all the time, and they open publicly. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I saw this video. Sorry to change the topics abruptly. Uh, it was from a couple of years ago. This morning, it was Joe Biden at a uh, auto plant in Michigan, mm. and he was inter- he was t- getting a, uh, answering questions, you know, from the from the workers, because that's because he's supporting the UAW strike or whatever. Now they brought this old interview up from a couple of years ago where Biden was out there talking to the same people, and one of these guys he had like a hard hat on and the glasses. He was like working. I think I know. Go ahead. Bill. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he goes up and he asks Biden. What does he ask him? Oh, he says uh, that he's concerned about Biden supporting um, increased regulation of firearms. He said because you're asking for the union support. A lot of our uh, union members are gun enthusiasts, and you're trying to take our guns away. And Biden called him, what did he call him? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I just remember he was like like surprisingly aggressive. Oh. And, yeah. Like, and then... Yeah, he called him like a damn fool or something. Yeah. And then and then he said, wait a minute, you work for me. And Biden said, no, I don't. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. And I that mentality right there, that, that, that I want to say a Democrat. I feel guilty that I'm applying it to all Democrats, but I don't know who the exception is. If the shoe fits. All Democrats, they have that elitist attitude that yeah. they're in charge because they're the best. Yeah. And... In truth, elected officials absolutely in a democracy work for you. Yeah, they work for you, dude. You voted for them. They they got that job because of you. Every dollar they spend comes out of our pocket, and 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 you want to be high and high and mighty about it when you're trying to get support from the fucking common man? Like goddamn, like, I just don't understand how. Yeah, if you're a uh, the common democracy respecter, then for sure I don't really get it either. That's but you know. I don't really love democracy, so I think it's, I, uh, you know, like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people who get elected, they are elitist. Um, they just pretend not to be. And I just prefer that, just be honest about it, you know? Like, I'm kind of an elitist, to be honest with you. I think that um, some people do things better than others, you know? Yep. And some people are more prone to making good decisions than other people. Yeah. And I don't think that it's wrong to point that out. And I don't think it's wrong to say that if you are a person who perennially makes bad decisions, then you, I don't think that you should be allowed to take control. You know, like, like, why are we handing you the reins to anything? You can't handle the reins to your life, motherfucker. You can't have the reins to mine. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So this brings me to voting rights. This brings me to the topic of voting rights. Yeah. You probably know where I'm going with this. 
women should not be able to vote. <laughs> no, no, but I think, uh, but I think like Matt Walsh on the Daily Wire was talking about this. So this is, I don't know if it's just him. It's only him I saw talk about it, but it's coming up. I like um, Matt Walsh. Yeah, I like Matt Walsh too. Um, he uh, he said he doesn't think everybody should be allowed to vote. I'm 100% on it that It should be page. far stricter how, how you are eligible, qualified to, to vote. And man, for a very, very long time, I've thought that. I, I, Terrible I think idea? You thought? Oh, you have thought that for I've a long thought time. that. Okay. Yeah, I've thought that. Nice. Um, like, I, you know, I, I thought if somebody who isn't born in this country as a citizen has to take a citizenship test and know the fundamentals of the how the government works and the constitution and the rights and the and the powers and the checks and balances if they have to know all of that before they can vote why should not citizens of this country need to be able to do that for sure and if that happened if that was a requirement how different would the outcomes of the elections be and how can we argue that would be a bad thing how can you argue that would be a bad thing if only informed voters who understand the government and understand our rights given to us under the Constitution, only those people are voting? How could that be worse than what's happening now? Well, because people who are informed don't vote the way that the people who are like pulling the strings want them to vote, you know? Mm-hmm. So they just want everyone to vote. Very true. Everyone. Everyone. Like and, and when, 14 years old and Oh, up. God. So when we were growing up, it, the MTV get out and vote campaigns or whatever they were called that where the where the all the the rappers and the and the pop stars would go on the infomercials and on tell us to go out and vote. Everybody should vote. It's your right. You go out and vote. No. Dumb. Why would you go out and vote if you're if you don't understand the issues or yeah. you know, like it's like an exercise of power. People get people get like um, their jollies off of feeling important. Like they're gonna go do something important, and it's like, dude. With great power, with great power comes great responsibility. What man. are you talking about? Responsibility. Spider Man. Responsibility. What's that? I knew you'd get it. Responsibility. Yeah. Not quite yet. Yeah, man. A little MXPX for you guys. Um, A little my career. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm totally on that page. I think. Just recently, just like I, I used to complain all the time about Michael Malice's podcast. He'd just talk about tweets that he put out, you know. But I, <laughs> here I am, like. Today, earlier today, I saw this tweet. It was like, what is the most left-wing opinion that you have as a conservative? And mine was that, like, I said, property owners should be able to vote. That's probably my most left-wing view. Oh, God. Uh, but I, that's pretty much how I feel. I don't know. I'm not 100% married to the idea of property property owners, but I think it's pretty good. Um like what's the what's the rationale for that? Like it went in its day when that was the rule that you had to own property to be able to vote. What do you think was the rationale for that? Because you have a stake in wanting to make things better. You have a stake in wanting things to improve. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean everybody I guess has a stake in wanting things to improve for them. Mm. So the mm. people if you own a property and you're renting it out to people, those people have a you know, an incentive to want things to improve for them as well. Right. But generally I think that the things that those people are voting for are not beneficial to everyone. No, that's a great point. If you if you own property, especially back then, and not a lot of people 
could afford to. If you owned property, in, in some respects, it was a legacy. You knew that this was going to be something you gave to your children and grandchildren and so forth. Mm-hmm. So if you owned property, you were thinking not about only what's good for me. You were thinking about what's good for the future. Yeah. It has to be sustainable. It has to, you know, it has to be moving, moving in that direction beyond your own lifetime. And people who don't have that, who didn't own property and maybe didn't have that mentality, what, of course, they're only thinking about what's good for themselves because they're not leaving anything behind. They're not leaving any legacy, you know, mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that applies to today's situation. How would it be any different? I don't know. Do you feel like you're, do you feel like you're going to be leaving in any legacy? I hope to. Yeah. You know, um, I would like to be able to leave a legacy. It's hard now, you know, it is, uh, you know, I, I mean, as somebody who would like to have property and leave a legacy to a family, you know, generationally, um, you know, I, I've been keeping an eye on property prices around, you know, kind of in my general area. It's bleak. It's yeah. not good. I mean, everything is, and not just not just real estate. Everything is so fucking expensive. Yeah, it man. is. It's like the other day I went to the grocery store. You know, I, I you know you have to go to the grocery store every few days, and I feel like the trips that I would normally just go to the grocery store to pick up a few things. It's like forty, fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Now it's eighty, eighty five. You know. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've. It's taken a while for me to feel it. But what I noticed was I have like a buffer in my checking account, mm. a certain buffer, like money that's there and it's always there in case something happens. You know, like maybe that should be in a savings account, but for me, it's just a buffer in my checking account. And um, it's starting to dwindle. Mm-hmm. And the other day I went to pay my bills and I was like, whoa, it's like fucking dwindled. It's fucking significantly dwindled. And uh, I, it actually got me a little bit like a, little tiny, a tiny bit concerned, yeah. you know? For the first time, I'm like, fuck, man, what is going on? Everything just nickel- it just adds up. It just keeps adding up. Yep. It's crazy. And if it's affecting me, you know, a solidly middle-class person, um, you know, I know it's affecting, you know, lots of lots of poor people, man. Worse. Yep. Way worse. Yeah, but they're exact. To, to go back to the point we were talking about, the people who it's affecting the most are the people who are, like, voting to keep the people in who are making it worse. That's true. And they're they're voting for them because they think it's beneficial to them. Yes. Because they're dumb. Because they've been duped. Yeah. Because they're dumb. Oh, man. It's it's depressing. These yeah. topics are depressing to me. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know? I don't know. We're trudging along through it. Yeah. You know, we're getting... We're about to have this government shutdown again, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've heard some people talking about it, how most of the time... When this kind of things happen, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans are arguing about something. They can't come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. So whoever is in charge is like, we're shutting down the government. Yep. And a lot of times people hear that and they get like kind of nervous, but then it happens and it's like, I can't, I can't tell anything. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But I've heard some people speculating that it might be different this time because something about our credit rating, uh, the co- the country's credit rating and- yep. We just might not be able to keep things as to the same standard as we uh, have normally been. So there's there's some truth in that, although I don't know what will really pan out. But the truth is that the um, 
agencies that rate bonds, Moody's and Standards and Poor and those people, um, they did downgrade already. They downgraded the uh, the U.S. Treasury bonds uh, from a AAA, whatever the best rating is. They, they, they downgraded it. I can't remember what caused it. Something caused it. It wasn't that long ago. If it happens again, like when it when that happened, um, the stock market's took a huge hit there was a you know a period of time where it was down you know many hundreds of points and uh, it restabilized i think i think interest rates started to go back down and it restabilized or something but uh, if it happens again that's two credit rating um declines that have never happened and not in my lifetime maybe never i can't i can't I think, think of when that's ever happened yeah. and it happened twice i mean god damn dude that ain't good it's concerning it is concerning and what else is concerning flagship stores, you know, and 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 high-profile cities closing because they they're getting robbed too much to be profitable. You know, that's concerning. Yeah. Um I saw that I feel like we could fix that. If we would just stop being fucking stupid and the people who are in charge of those cities could stop being just giant gaping vaginas, we could probably fix that real quick. Like if I was one-on-one, like I am with you right now, with the most liberal of individuals, anybody you can imagine, one-on-one with them, without any cameras, without anybody talking, there is no human being I can imagine in this country that would agree that we should continue doing what we're doing as far as that goes. Just not policing anything. Not policing, not enforcing the laws. Not a single human being in this letting, country believes that that's a good thing. Yeah. Letting a certain... A certain group of people do whatever they want. If we're being perfectly honest, yeah, you know, we don't have to get too specific. Oh, that's true. But it, they all tend to have something in common, you know. Like maybe not, maybe maybe there's a little bit of salt in the pepper. Yeah, but uh, it's a lot of pepper. I saw a video today of a teacher got hit in the head by a chair. Oh shit! That a student threw at her. And it hit her, and she was out cold, yeah. on the ground, unconscious. Damn, man. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? A student, a child, is at school with an authority figure. And the kids now, the way they're raised, they think it's okay to pick up a fucking chair and throw it at her teacher's head? I mean, what in the fuck is happening, dude? What is happening? It's crazy. It's crazy shit. It's funny because you said that, and I, my mind immediately went to a video that I saw where this student was had this. It, it like came to it after the initial confrontation, so you come to it a few seconds after, and there's this teacher. She's on the ground, and the student has like got her by the hair and like throws a punch at her face, and then the like school resource officer runs out and like. And she's like, shoot me. She, you know, I've been shot before. It's oh a fucking God. high school student. Um, and he like tases her and they arrest her. And, but it's just crazy shit, man. So I blame the parents. 100, 100%. I blame the parents. Yeah. But it, it's a bigger problem than that. Like, I, I don't, I can't imagine any parent wanting their children to turn out that way. There has to be some fucked up um, incentives to create this situation, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to brainwash a parent into thinking that if if it's this is an intentional indoctrination, if they're teaching their kids to be that way, you have to imagine a a parent teaching their kid that they shouldn't respect authority, 
that that things are owed to them, and you know they're they're the fu- in charge. You know they can do what they want, and I just can't imagine it, man. It's one. Of, it's it's the same problem I always bring up to you that I can't. It's hard for me to understand somebody who's that different from me. It's like it's hard for me to understand that those people exist. Yeah, because I can I can't ever imagine it for myself. Like, why would you want that for your daughter? Why? Yeah. I just, I mean, do they feel like they, it's like I don't know, man. I mean, I, I know it's a it's a failure of parenting. Whether it's an it's an intentional this is, this is how they're being raised, or whether it's the fact that they don't have any guidance and they don't have any discipline. You know, I mean, they've been slowly taking discipline out of the society since we were. I mean, since we were kids. Yeah, nobody's responsible for anything. Yeah, it's all any 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 problem or negative circumstances that you find yourself in have nothing to do with your decisions as to how you got there. It's all, you know, mm. other people. Yep, it's disgusting, man. And generally, it's I find that a lot of the time, it's the group of people who are actually doing the most for you that you're like angry at for some reason that they've convinced you that are holding you down Mm. that are, uh, you know, subjugating you. And, uh, generally it's the people who are paying most of your fucking bills for you, you know, by man that feeds it. That reminds me of that Dostoevsky line, which one, um, he's got a lot of them. Oh, I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to butcher it. He was like, uh, he says, um, the piano key. Yeah. Even if, even if you, hold on, let me see if I can do it. He says, uh, uh, damn, hold on. If you gave man, if you gave man every, every satisfaction of all his desires to where all he had to do was, um, w- 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 eat cakes eat, and, and sit, busy bu- himself sit in bubbles with, the, and bl- with bubbles of bliss and eat cake. Uh, yeah. And busy himself with the propagation of the species. Yeah. 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 And he, he would play you some nasty trick. That's what he says. He would play you some nasty trick. Um, that's what it is. It's like we play ourselves some nasty trick by by teaching ourselves to reject all the things that are good and that are going to be helpful for us. You know, law and order, uh, discipline. discipline yeah. Fuck. Got to listen to more Jocko, man. We got to we got to pump <laughs> Jocko podcast into uh, I don't know certain places. <laughs> Jocko Willink. It's a good guy. So I did listen to some uh, Russell Brand after this. I hadn't listened to his podcast ever, even though I like him. I, I like I've Russell always Brand liked too. him. I mean, you know, I like him enough. He, it, for a person who is admittedly very liberal, even in today's climate, like if you're judging liberal by like what it really means, mm-hmm. Russell Brand is very liberal. Yeah, he can't get any more liberal. Yeah. Um, he, you know. As far as liberal people go, Russell Brand's fine. I'll, I'll take Russell Brand over the thing, Keith Olbermann oh, like all day, see, every day. The thing I like about Russell Brand is that he has no problem calling out bullshit where he sees it, even if it's on his own side of the political aisle. And that, and that's slowly causing him to... I mean, he's hanging himself because he's you know, evoking the powers to be. What's fucked up though is he's not hanging himself in terms of his audience. No, oh no. He's got a big old fucking audience, yeah. but he's hanging himself with the powers that be, we'll say. You you brought up um uh Sons of Anarchy, what's the guy's name? Charlie Hunnam. You brought up Charlie Hunnam as the celebrity lookalike for you. And the one that I've the one that I've got is uh 
Russell Brand. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I've heard that it's, before. Yeah. I see it too. It's, I the, know. it's the chin. It's yeah. the chin, and maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe the dark hair. Yeah, you know. If my hair was long, maybe, and if I was thinner, um, <laughs> I had a British accent, and just like talked super fast all the time. Yeah, yeah. That dude is a motor mouth, man. Yeah. But I like I like that man. There's some people like that, and for some reason they're always British. It fits him. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, but it it's fits like his. It's like a. It becomes poetic. You know who? You know who it reminds me of is uh, Duncan Trussell. Imagine if Duncan, a when he gets on, when Duncan he gets on his rants, imagine if he had a British accent. Then he would sound smarter. Yeah, he would sound just like Russell Brand. No, but uh, but I do like that because it's like it's like he gets going and, and it's his choice of words yeah. is beautiful. It's like poetry. You can tell that he's a very intelligent person because not everyone saying as much as he's saying as quickly as he's saying it would manage to sound you know anywhere near as smart uh, as he no. does. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, there's like I I feel like there's almost some kind of a like a, a Russell Brand Ben Shapiro like thing go you know like have they have they talked to each other? I don't know. I would love to hear that. Yeah. I would fucking love yeah, to hear that. You'd have to listen to that. You'd have, you'd slow the speed yeah. down on that one. It's like a weird episode of the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. You ever you ever see that show, man? No. The dial <laughs> the dialogue in that show. My sister liked it, and yeah. so it was always on. You know, um, the dialogue in that show. It, it's like you put a, you put your podcast that you're listening to on one and a half speed yeah. that's how the whole show is for many many seasons it's fucking it's it's so difficult to listen to to watch i've heard like actually not bad things about that show that's like people people who don't have terrible opinions on media like entertainment media yeah. like actually like that show but i've never no i've never watched listen, it i would i would ask you in the audience to go and Watch a clip of Gilmore Girls. Just thirty seconds of dialogue of any episode, you'll see what I mean. Yeah, It's like there's no time in between. When someone stops talking, the other one's already mid sentence. It's not natural. Nobody talks like that. It's Except fucking Russell weird. Brand. Yeah, maybe Russell Brand. I don't know. You Ru- Russell Brand and Ben Shapiro. There. I would love that, man. They need to get. They need to be on an episode of the Gilmore Girls. That'd be a crazy episode. I get the feeling you probably you probably have some ba- uh, some negative things to say about Ben Shapiro. Uh, I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't love Ben Shapiro. I like Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh more than I like Ben Shapiro. So um, Knowles is a little too churchy for me. No, man, I love that. I don't. Uh, it's like it's fine. Like Matt Walsh is on the edge of it, but I like Matt Walsh. I like yeah. Ben Shapiro. I like Ben Shapiro, even though he's way more overtly religious than Knowles. Yeah. But the way Ben Shapiro talks about religion and the way Knowles does, it, it to me it sounds mani- more manipulative when Knowles does it. Like when I say manipulative, I don't mean in a negative way. I mean like the way that a preacher talks. Um, it's like manipulating. It's like being persuasive in a certain way. Where Ben Shapiro, he's always the same way. It's you know, it's and and um, he defends his religious, conservative religious uh, positions like to the death. But he's really capable of defending it. And he truly believes what he's saying, and very few people can do that. And I think I really am impressed by that with Ben Shapiro. You know, he'd be like. I don't believe in homosexuality. And you're like, oh, God, what's he going to say about this? And he's like, here's why. Bah, 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 bah. And even if what he's saying is that it's against the Torah or whatever, even if that's what it boils down to, mm-hmm. um, he's confidently, like, you know, standing on that. And, you know, publicly with his chest out. Like, yes, this is, this is, this is why. Yeah, you know? I don't listen to Ben Shapiro enough to, like, really be able to 
list off positions of his that I don't like, but I do like Knowles more. And I, I, as you were talking about that, I wondered, they're different religions, Knowles and Shapiro. Yes. They have yes. different religions. They sure do, yeah. Knowles is a, uh, a Catholic, um, and Shapiro is, I don't even, you know, he is what he is. Yep. Um, it's an Orthodox and, Jewish person, yes. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's the best way to put yep. it. Um, and one of those religions is very invested in we have the truth and we want you to have the truth. Mm-hmm. We want you to be saved. Yep. We want you to have the truth of the gospel. Yep, yep. And one of those religions is this is our thing and you can fuck off. So, so. I, yeah, so I have heard that, well, it's not, it's no secret. Jewish people aren't um, spreading their religion. What do they call that? Um, evangelizing. Not evangelizing. Um, and if you want to become Jewish, you can. They're not going to tell you no, but it's not easy. I'm told it's it's not easy to be grafted into the chosen to yeah. the chosen people. They don't make Which, it easy. It's, I actually have some respect for that. Right, right. Because, you know, like in the Christianity that I came from, you just start coming to church and you're in, yeah. buddy. You you're know? in, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, you know, I've become more uh, of a person who thinks in kind of an Eastern Orthodox way about Christianity. And with them, you got to like prove to them that you want to be a part of it. And you have to meet certain requirements before you can even take communion. Mm. You're not, we're not going to baptize you. You can't take the sacraments. You can't, you know, if you're getting married, you can't have an Orthodox marriage. You have to be a part of the church before you can do any of that. And I think that that's good. Yep. Um, Because, you know, there should, we shouldn't, the, the, you shouldn't have to accept everyone, you know, like you should have, you should be, because if you accept everyone, then your thing is going to be subverted by them. No. I, and it's happening. It's not wrong. To everyone, you know. Well, it's like the best things in life are difficult to earn, you know, and if you didn't earn it, why should you, why should you get it? You know, it's, things should be difficult. It's like, there's this thing in like, in marketing where, um, where they, it's like, you can lower the price of something to try to get people to buy it. But if you do, then people will perceive it as cheap. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a game you have to play where sometimes charging more for something is better. I remember the show Mad Men. Yeah, I never saw it, but yeah, yeah. So good. Um, At least I remember it being good. Uh, But there's, in the first season... There's this lady, she owns a department store, and she's like, no, we want to be expensive. Mm. We don't want to be, you know, we want to be viewed as a high-end place where rich people want to come and spend their right. money. Right. Yeah. And that and that, and that has Which, that has prestige and allure and status and all that stuff, and we, people respond to that. Why should religion come easy? Yeah. Why? Why should, you know, anything worth doing is worth sacrificing for. I agree with you, but that being said... I do think that if you, like, kind of the whole point of Christianity, like, yes, there's a barrier to entry, but we want you to come, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, We want people to be saved. We want people to realize the truth. Uh, And I just, I do think it's interesting, that parallel between Shapiro and Knowles. Yeah, it is interesting. 
Uh, I'll say this. I know that Ben Shapiro says a lot of stuff that I do agree with. Hmm. So I'll give him that much. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he yeah. does, man. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't hold any, pull any punches, as they say. Yeah. Um, Unless those punches are aimed at Israel, and then he yeah. pulls them. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does support Israel, for sure. Um, so we were talking about even evangelizing earlier and uh like so my mother she suspected uh when i was a kid that i might um be a pre- become a preacher and like my mom and my grandma kind of played with that idea uh as i was growing up a little bit and um i never saw myself that way and uh i don't i don't now and i never did um but i play in really those, not a preacher. I can't imagine myself being a preacher. Dude, like, you are a preacher. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have way. a you, like. You just your pulpit is this com- where yeah. you're sitting right now. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right about that. You you're a preacher, man. You're a preacher oh, for what you know the 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 set of ideas that you have. You're blowing my mind. I guess I am a preacher. Yeah, um, you've even started dressing the part in the last couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I wore a bow tie and a suit coat and all that. Yeah. It looks very classy. I should, I should keep doing that, yeah. yeah right now sweet. I'm wearing a V-neck t-shirt for you guys who aren't listening. Um, no, I mean, I think that these kind of pod, that's the vibe for these podcasts. You yeah, know? yeah. V-neck t-shirts. Yep. Carhartt caps. Yep. Parachute pants. Alcoholic beverages. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, bowler, bowler caps. Gotta get one of those. I don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, where was, I, where was I going with this? Um preacher uh, you're a preacher your mom said you were a preacher you don't think you are a preacher no i was going somewhere with that god damn it hold on um oh i know what i was gonna tell you uh and so i i never felt like compelled to um preach preach but i had this interaction i've had a couple of interactions with people on twitter uh, primarily where i feel myself evangelizing i feel myself trying to bring them in enjoying it where I, I it's like a little bit of a dance I, I do with these people I tried to do it with atheists but it's fucking impossible it's fucking it's, it's so like fucking impossible it's them. not worth talking to them um, like you have to let them come to you you yeah. know what I'm saying they yeah. have to be open to it otherwise you're just talking to a fucking brick wall yeah there's no amount of logical argument that's gonna persuade them <clears throat> but um but like recently I was talking to this person on Twitter and uh, they were like hardcore Christian, um, traditionalist, and literal interpretive, you know, traditional type Christian. And I put a little little feelers out there. I was like, "Well, have you considered this or that or whatever?" And uh, I don't know. I just I guess I'm bringing this up because not because I want to tell you the story, because I want to tell you that I enjoyed it, and it makes me wonder what that means. What does it mean that I enjoyed it? Like I'm not starting a religion. I don't want to. St- I don't want to start a denomination, but I do want to tell people what I believe about the shit that I'm interested in and religion has a big part of big is a big part of that. And I find myself enjoying trying to show people one on one, like trying to bring them into the fold to some degree, like lead them a little further along my direction. Um I don't know if that's good or bad, but the fact that I enjoy it is weird to me. I don't think it's weird. Yeah? No, I think it makes you like Michael Knowles and not like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I think it, I I think, I do, I think that, like, if you can, like, these nihilist retards on Reddit, if you can 
If you can make one of them change their mind, that's good. It w- I would feel very good about that, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you. I, like, I think the evangelization is good. So the question is, if, if I could convince everyone to believe the way I believe, what, how different will the world be? If everybody believed, if everyone believed that they are some sort of fractal representation of God and that the cosmos that we exist in is God, and that it's all some giant continuum of self-consciousness you know, within itself. Um, and every experience that's had is an experience of God. If people believe that, would that be a good thing? Um, I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining that it wouldn't be better than so many people believing that we're just like physical matter and that once you're done, you're done and it doesn't matter. Um, I have a hard time imagining that it wouldn't be better than that. Yeah. I'm a picturing like a world population populated by hippies and love. That sounds terrible. It does sound. I just think that like maybe things wouldn't get done. Yeah, maybe. Maybe think just important things wouldn't get done. Yeah, but I think of, um, you know, I think of Christianity specifically and you know, Europe where Christianity like really, you know, it was obviously developed, you know, born down, not in Europe. Yeah. And the, but then it like moved its way up there and it really flourished, you know? Um, and like, think about those societies. They're like the most amazing productive societies. You know, if we didn't have those societies, we would not be where we are now. Um, so I think it just depends on the brand of whatever kind of spirituality that you, you know, whatever whatever you subscribe to, yeah, some of it might make you uh, a stupid hippie, a stupid lazy hippie, mm-hmm. but some of it might make you, you know, the United Kingdom or wherever. Listen, the UK's in trouble, Kyle. It's in bad trouble. It's all, trouble. all of Europe, dude, it's bad. It's really sad and, like, startling. It's fucking... And you know what? To fix it, if you were in charge of all of Europe, what would you do to fix it? <laughs> will you even say it on YouTube? Will you say it publicly? Because <laughs> yeah. I will. <laughs> I, I will say that I would restore law and order. How are you going to do that? <laughs> I'd, I'd give the police guns, first of all. That's a good call. Um, I'd give the people guns. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I would do. Yeah, what would you do? No more immigration yeah yeah zero yeah and i would do that here i think we are like you know a uh what's what's what what's the the phrase i'm looking for i don't know uh uh an angel's breath away from being right in the same position as you oh man um no more immigration not any illegal like lock it down yeah. for illegal immigration and as far as legal immigration if you don't have anything to offer, you're not coming. So that's what I would do Listen, first and foremost. I think that argument is worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's how Trump won the 2016 election. So well, it's like if we if we want as citizens of this country, if we want to allow immigration or to not, we should be able to decide that. Yeah, it shouldn't be decided for us, and it definitely shouldn't be happening. Um, 
around the law. You know what I mean? Um, then the next thing is, if we're going to, if we agree that we want to allow some amount of immigration for whatever reason, if we decide that that that's a good a, a good thing, then we have to ask ourselves, how picky do we want to be? There are lots of countries, you know, and e- even in our country, when you're trying to get your visa and all that stuff, um, you know, background checks and and you know, they're going to let you in based on what you can contribute to the society, not because you're a refugee. Mm. If you're a, if you're if you're a refugee that has no skills and is going to be a burden to the taxpayer, you can stay wherever wherever you know you can stay. But yeah, you can't I'm come sorry here. Sorry for you. I don't. I'm not happy that you're in the dire situation that you're in. Right. But you can't come here. So do we have? And is it a good thing to be selective about who we allow to come? I think so. We should have full control over who comes. It. Should, I mean, this whole con, this whole coming over the border without, you know. So. Illegally. You're saying that we should have control over who comes, and I'm not 100% sure that we should have control over who comes. That's, like, kind of the whole point of, like, me not being a huge fan of democracy. I see what you mean. Because, like, they have these idiots brainwashed that it's good that that we're letting all these people in, and it's not good. There's, There's truth in that. It's not good. If we had to vote on it. And enough uninformed, uninterested, or dumb people voted. We're just we're right back. They're in a bad situation. We need to let them in. Yeah. No. So you know this whole thing about compassion, because this is what we're talking about now. Uh, Compassion is a good thing, but like anything, I've been reading a lot of these ancient Greek philosophers recently, and Aristotle's right at the end of it. You know, Mm -hmm. and Aristotle's big thing was the golden mean, and he says. Nothing, nothing in deficiency, nothing way. in excess. The middle way. The Buddhists have a similar have a similar uh, yeah, uh, belief. Lots of people do. Right. Um, where was it going with this? We need to find a middle way with immigration. Yeah, maybe I was going there. Well, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Prost. Um, yeah. So I do think that that. Like I said, I don't think we should be in charge of that. I think that some people should be in charge of that. Some people should have nothing to do with it. Uh, And the thing is, I don't lump myself into the group of people who should have something to do with it. You know? Right. Like a lot of people, uh, when you make these kind of arguments online, people are like, oh, well, you think that you should be in the... Of course you think that. You think you should be in the... You're a white, you know? You think you should be in the ruling class. No, I'm not 100% sure that I do. Maybe, you know, maybe, depending on what we make, the cutoff, mm. the, the the list of requirements, maybe I would make it, but I probably wouldn't, you know, uh, just to be perfectly honest with you. And I'm okay with that. Right. So I want to suggest that there might be a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, damn it. It's a word from college that I can't remember. It's like one of them college words. Uh, it's like how how it's like they plan ahead of time how a um, a project is going to be graded, and there's a word for how it's going to be graded. It's like you have to write the paper to check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the fucking word? Uh, it's like you know you know ahead of time what you have to do to get an A, okay. basically. Um, and I, I, a rubric. It's like I I want there to be something like that for immigration. It's like if if these conditions are met, then bring in the necessary amount of people. But the thing is, things are always changing. So how can you, 
you can't rely on a rubric that's static. You have to have people making those decisions. So do you? Maybe you could have AI do it. Or you could have maybe have like a, you know, millennia old tradition do it. I don't know. Like a, a set of standards that have worked throughout time, you know. For immigration? I, for success, you know, regardless of whether it's for immigration or not. It's like if you don't meet these requirements for success, you're not coming. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't have I don't have all the details hammered out on this. I don't know what those requirements would be. I, I mean, I do. I have some ideas. You know, if you if you are drawing more like tax income than you are putting in, you don't get to vote. I don't <laughs> think that's bad. I think that makes perfect fucking sense. If you're a drain on the people who are contributing, you don't get to you don't get to tell the people who are contributing what they can and can't do. Yeah. You should be grateful that they are doing what they are for you because like we I forget what we were talking about but we reference the people who are like da- down and out who are getting their bills paid by the people who are contributing. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think you get to tell those people who are paying your fucking bills and, you know, giving you your food stamps you you don't get to uh, say in how they are making that money for you, right? Uh, it makes me think of uh, makes me think of Congress voting for their own raises. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You think you get to do that? Why should you get to do that? It's yeah, fucking ridiculous. Something wrong with that. It does seem stupid. But I do wonder if they were doing a good job, would we have such a problem with it? If, like, things were running smoothly, would we have that much of a problem? It's like, yeah, maybe they do deserve a little a little bump. Sure, yeah. But they're not. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. You know, my, my mom called me today. Or not, maybe, yeah, she called me. She asked me how often I think about the Roman Empire. She saw that meme she going busted. around. Yeah. She must have. Do you, you don't know? You don't know what the meme is? I think I've seen a little bit of that going on. Tell me about it. Would it? It's just... Uh, the first time I saw it was this woman on TikTok, and I mean, I didn't see it. On, I'm not on TikTok. Not the whatever. I'm not like virtuous signaling that I'm not on TikTok. TikTok, but I'm not. TikTok, yeah. <laughs> but I saw it on Twitter, and uh, this woman was talking about her husband or her boyfriend or whatever, and she said somehow she found out that her husband thinks about the Roman Empire like a lot yeah. like several times a week he's thinking about <laughs> comparisons to the Roman Empire yeah and she's just like what is it what you just like ask your boyfriend or your husband and like all and I mean yeah I think about the Roman Empire like it's interesting how do you not think about that you know <laughs> like I, I wouldn't say that I'm thinking about it like several times a week but yeah the Roman Empire pops into my head from time yeah, to time yeah. you know so when she asked me that question I told her, that I think you and I talked about it at some point relatively recently uh, on the podcast. I can't remember specifically, but what sticks in my head is when we talked to John. Do you remember the interview interview with the white nationalist? Yeah. Yeah, it was like an early, early episode. He Uh, burped. Oh, he was terrible. He was terrible. But uh, yeah. Not as stupid as I was thinking that he might be, though. Well, actually, yeah. But I have to go back and realize it's been a long time. Um, but in that episode, we argued about the Roman Empire with him. I don't remember that at all. Oh, we did. Yeah. So I told my mom, I said, it makes a lot of sense to me that pe- that people would say that they think about the Roman Empire a lot. 
in a political context because there's a lot of parallels between the American Empire and the Roman Empire and what's what people what people point to as like signs that the collapse of the of the Roman Empire was hap, was coming mm. um, in retrospect you look at what's going on with in the United States and you see parallels you see the decadence you see the military expansion you see the inflation you see I'm sorry go ahead I'll no, go ahead sorry do you remember somebody on Rogan I don't know who it was off the top of my head but they were talking about like the gender thing being a part of the downfall of the Roman Empire too, like so getting I, weird with gender. I didn't, I didn't until you said it, but now it sort of sounds familiar. I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't know. I have no idea who it was, but I specifically remember somebody talking about towards the decline of the Roman Empire that they were getting weird with the. It, it does sound familiar. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the topic only slightly for a second because I it just popped in my head. Um, I was watching a documentary yesterday, and it was talking about um, Alan Turing. Yeah. You know the tragic story of Alan Turing? Gay scientist from the United Kingdom. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. The father of computers. Um, They were talking about how he... What happened with Alan Turing was that he got into a fight with his boyfriend. The cops got called because it uh, it got rowdy. Yeah. When the cops got there, Alan Turing explains to him... What happened? I got in a fight with my boyfriend. Because back then, being a homosexual was against the law, they arrested them both. The, the boyfriend for, for hitting Alan Turing, and Alan Turing for taking for it me. up the butt. Yeah. Um, and they took them both to prison. And and when, the, when he gets pulled in front of the judge, the judge says, okay, so you're, you admitted you're gay. And he's like, no, I'm gay. And he's like, okay, well, you got two choices. You could be sterilized. Chemically castrated. It, well, for him, it was um, he had to take female hormone. He had to take estrogen treatments for the rest of his life, or he goes to prison for the rest of his life. You pick. Now, this is a national treasure of a human being. This was somebody who's who helped um, break the Nazi codes, and like he was like super important in the in the in the winning the Second World War. A genius. And they're like, no, you're gay. You've got to either go to jail forever or take female hormones. He's like, I'll take, the, I'll take the hormones. Yeah. So he takes the hormones. What would you do? Hold on, there's a little bit more to this. Right. I would, I don't know, man. Go ahead. Finish he what he took the hormones and then killed himself. Yeah. The point I try to make here is that you have this really famous historical story, example, that you never hear about right now. You, you don't hear about it right now. Where, I mean, when was the last time you heard what happened to Alan Turing? Didn't Benedict Cumberbatch make a movie about Alan Turing like not too long ago? Pretty right. sure he did. Yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah, dude, we live in a world where what happened to Alan Turing is like, do you know what happened to Alan Turing? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I, the point, the point I want to, I'm trying to make here is that we saw that giving him hormones caused him to commit suicide. Yeah, and we're like, take hormones, and that's what we're telling kids, transgender kids, to do: take hormones, or else they're going to commit suicide. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute. What about Alan Turing? I've heard people describe that as like some kind of um, like polit- sociological, political uh, hostage taking. Like you have to let us do what we, we want to do or we're going to kill ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at the risk of like sounding insensitive, I don't, 
I don't want you to kill yourself. I've said that in, earlier in this podcast. I don't want people to commit suicide. But I don't think it's good of me or compassionate of me to say, do this other thing that's fucking mm. terrible for you uh. and might make you kill yourself. Uh, it's like, yeah, just take the chances that you're going to kill yourself and try to fix whatever is wrong. So you just brought me full circle back to what I was thinking earlier about compassion in the middle way. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, but it's isn't it crazy how my the middle way that I like I think that I am picking the middle way, but the middle way that I arrive at in society sounds like I'm some fucking you know like I mean I I, I cops are being right wing. I'm not going to deny that, but like some crazy incompassionate like right wing person who wants to gas people and and just get yeah. rid of people that I disagree with. No, I want better for you. I want you to be happy. And, you know, like, you know, like harkens to Jordan Peterson. What the fuck does happiness even mean? What is, you know, is being happy what we're aiming for? Mm. Um, but it's a fucking start. It's better than what these people have. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I just don't I, like people want to paint people who think like me as these incompassionate people. It's like, no, I think I'm compassionate. I think I'm just more honest than you're willing to be. So there's a not couple, you. Yeah, no, no. There's a couple things that pop in my head. One of them, you brought up Jordan Peterson, and I thought about the, um, he, what does he call it? He calls it the, uh, like the the mother archetype. That's um, like the Oedipal complex, the mother that's over over protecting, that keeps her kids infantile their whole lives, and they and they, yeah. it's like too much mothering is bad because it turns the kids infantile instead of allowing them to grow up. Mm. And the same thing with the compassion. So it's like I learned this weird lesson as a parent. And I think this goes back to the antinatalist thing we were talking about earlier. People aren't having kids anymore. Not to the same degree that they used to. A lot of people aren't having kids at all. It's or they're delaying and delaying. Right? It's absolutely. The thing I learned as a parent is I love my kids more than I could ever know possible. And I have to love them every second. Yeah. And when I was early on as a parent, I thought that meant that I took care of their every need, I, I took care of their every wish, that I gave them everything they needed, that I was attentive and, and patient and all these things. And then I realized that too much of that creates a spoiled kid who doesn't get along with others and doesn't have any ambition. And You know what I mean? It's like too much love is bad. Yeah. And then, and then your kid, it required, like the question is how do you love your kid? And at some point, to love your kid properly means to turn them over your knee and whip their ass. To love your kid means to tell them no. To love, yeah. you, to love your kid means to hurt their feelings. It's like, you know, sometimes the last thing you want to do, and you, as a, as, a, as a parent, you must. It's like, you're not loving them if you don't punish them when they're, like, what Jordan Peterson, if you remember what he said, he said, he said, um, don't allow your kids. What, what does he say? Don't allow your kids to be. Um, what does he don't, say? Don't don't allow them to make you not like them. Or yes, something, something like, like that. that. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. And that is the compassionate thing. Yeah, because if you don't like them, nobody's gonna like exactly. Them. You you like have this connection to them, and you should like you're gonna like them despite a lot yes. of you know. Yes, but not everyone's going to. One hundred percent. You nailed it. That's exactly it. And, and and there's so many lefties that would say, um, you know, no, you know, break yourself, 
you know, to, to affirm them. Instead, you, you're supposed to be telling them no and changing the direction of their behavior. Otherwise, you're going to permanently fuck them for the rest of their life. Yeah. You, as a liberal, compassionate person, might feel good about yourself in the moment, you know, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, you're going to realize how fucking... Re- I almost said a Kyle word. <laughs> I'm responsible for saying those words. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah. cut it on my thing. Dude. Yeah, sorry. You, you, one day you're going to find out the mistake you made. And it's like, I, I learned that lesson quickly. Sometimes to love your kid means to do the, the opposite thing. of oh, what seems no, compassionate. Not the retarded yes, thing. Yes, yes. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, I get you, man. So I'm not a parent. I would love to be. Hopefully I will be, you know, sooner rather than later. I hope so, man. Um, but I think about it in terms of... You know, unsurprisingly, the thing that I'm, you know, following and trying to do my best to follow Christianity. I think about it in terms of God with us. You know, it's like, yeah, there are rules. You know, you, 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 we both read the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. And in Paralandra, you can't get it in the screen. In Paralandra, there's the rule Kind of like not eating the fruit in the Bible, the fruit, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, theirs on Venus or Paralandra is don't sleep on the uh, the ground that is stationary, you know? Right. There's like an island on Venus that is stationary. And the, I don't know, the islands that the uh, the goddess stays on, they're like constantly moving around. Uh, and you're not allowed to sleep on the stationary land. And the point, when it comes, you know, there's this part where Ransom, the main character who is based on Tolkien, and Weston, the guy who is possessed by Satan, um, they're having this, like, debate, and they're trying to convince the Venus, the the goddess Venus, basically, God, I don't know, the Eldial Venus, um, that... You know, Weston is trying to say, but God wants you. He wants you to, like, oh, disobey. He wants you to spread your wings and fly. He wants you to get out there. Uh, and Ransom says, no, he gave you this. It's because he said so. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, it's like Ransom, or I'm sorry, Weston is trying to give all these reasons why it's a good thing to break the rules. And Ransom is like, no, these are the rules. And he said this because he said this, and you're not to disobey. Mm. And that's like exactly what you're talking about with a parent and a child. Yeah. This is what I said, and you don't get to argue with me yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, it makes me think of that. Yeah, you're bringing all those. I kind of, I'm, I'm sort of distant from the from the Paralandra, so you're kind of bringing it back. You're bringing it back to yeah, me. Man. Yeah, man. That, that was out of the three. I'm going to have to go back and read. That hideous strength again? Yeah, me too. Um, because from what I understand, that hideous strength has a lot to do with like things that are going on today. Oh. Um, but Paralandra was my favorite of the three. And I think out of the first two, Paralandra is easily the better of the two. Yes. I mean, out of the silent plan, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. It was good enough to get me to want to read the other two. But what, Paralandra's good. Uh, what put that on your radar to begin with? I've just been hearing about it a lot. I mean, Jay Dyer... Oh really? I didn't. Um, yeah, people oh, okay. like that. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. So, um, to 
veer away from that to the other thought that I had is another uh, like podcast that I listen to fairly regularly is the King Pilled podcast that Matt Erickson hosts, mm-hmm. who is just like, in my opinion, one of the smartest dudes on the. It just like always has something interesting to say about whatever he's talking about. Um, he, I I don't know I don't know if I heard this on his podcast. I probably have, but he responded to a tweet that I put out. I don't even remember what that was, but the the gist of his response was becoming a parent is like a natural progression in being a human being. If yep. you don't have kids, you're not progressing as far as a human being as you possibly can. And I think that there is like 100% truth in that. Oh, yeah. hundred, Dude, I think that learning to... I want to say be selfless, but it's not exactly it. It's learning to live for somebody else. That's yeah. a, that's something people don't learn if they don't have to. Because why would you? You know. And I want to tell you, man. I uh oh, look at you, Kyle. God uh, damn it, you're I spilling beer. Flow. It's all right. Just drink. Oh, you fucking schmuck, uh, spilling beer. Um, so I I held on to a bunch of shit. Like I, I've gotten rid of some of it now, but I've held on to a bunch of shit from uh from the kids. I thought, oh man, Kyle's probably going to need this when he has kids. I better hold on to this so I can give it to yeah, Kyle. Man. Like I still have shit that I'm holding on to. Um, I'm just telling you that because I, I sincerely that. hope putting the pressure on me. Yeah, I sincerely hope, man. Uh, love you, man. Love you too. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, we get there. We, we were almost there, but we took a veer off on you know. But. uh yeah, you know, I, I, I do agree with Matt Erickson, and I, I think that, you know, even if I'm unfortunate enough to not be able to have kids, I do think it's important to realize that. Mm. Like, the and that goes back to the antinatalist thing that we were talking about. If, like, that woman that I work with could understand that she's hindering herself, mm. she's holding herself back from being the most complete human being that she could possibly be. Mm. And if I said that to her, she would be like super offended. Yeah. But it's like, I don't understand how you don't understand that it's true. It's because, because she, I imagine she doesn't see the, she just wants to travel. Exactly. (laughs) She doesn't see, um, how caring about somebody else more than herself is a good thing or or matters or how it's better than the state she's in now where she's number one how is it how is it better to 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 you know put yourself under somewhat somebody else put their needs above yours their existence above yours to become a servant in a way that's you know it sounds unparalleled terrible, but read the fucking bible dude i mean I guess I don't know if that's like the greatest phrasing for that read the fucking bible dude. but like <laughs> that's gonna be a t-shirt jesus gets down and washes the people's feet. He's humbling himself. He's the son of God. He's like, he is God, Mm. but he's humbling himself. He's washing these people's feet. I love it. And, and when I, I I think I might be too, I think maybe it's Mary, not his mother, but the other Mary, she washes his feet. Mm -hmm. She like breaks open the, the, uh, the alabaster thing full of the, the perfume or whatever it is. And washes his feet with her hair. Yeah, and he, like he's 
he's in this room surrounded by these Pharisees, these people who are held in high esteem in the community, and he holds her in higher esteem because she cares. Right. Because she, like, wants to take care of people. She's a servant. So people um, people like to talk shit about George Washington because George Washington had slaves. So let's use this as an example. Imagine somebody like George Washington, the very first president of the United States, very prestigious general, you know, leader of the army during the fucking revolution, wooden teeth, smart, big old hog. Uh, Imagine George Washington. George Washington's got all these slaves on his plantation. Yeah. Imagine George Washington washing the feet of his slaves after they came in from the fields. Mm. It's like, you know, hearing that, like trying to visualize that for most Americans is like, whoa. Yeah, that is... And what Jesus, the, like the idea of Jesus Who is like doing that. George Washington times a million. Exactly. The, the He's idea, God. Exactly. This is the idea. The idea is that the creator of the cosmos is washing dirt off of the feet of his servant. Like that is such a powerful thing. I do, I do kind of understand on some level, like a lot of times leftist type people will be like, well, look at Jesus in, in, you know, the gospels. He's like, he's a communist, you know? Um, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. But I do think that there's something to be said about the fact that Jesus is not making the government do that for him. Jesus is washing those people's feet. That's true. He's not using tax money to hire someone else to wash those people's feet. Yeah, I mean, the idea that Jesus is a communist, I think, is pretty laughable. Um, Jesus did... In some ways. In some ways, yes, but it it depends on what you mean by communism. If you mean Bolshevik communism, where the government, the state is in charge of everything, and the state decides what you need and what you don't, then yeah, that's fucking stupid. But if you talk about people taking care of each other... That's like pretty, you know, that's like oh, right there. Yeah. And that's why I think churches are important. Yeah. Because, and that's why I think the government, the state is attacking churches and has been for a long, long time because the church requires, I don't know if it requires, but the church encourages people to depend on the church and not wherever the fuck else they're getting well, these things from. To depend on one another. And that means they don't have to rely on government. And I think there's that's a, a really good fucking point, man. And like if the Amish the Amish can get together and build a house for a couple who just got married and they just have a house. You know, it's like if the if the Amish community could manage to do that, you know? Yeah. I they mean just, they just disapport each other, man. So there's a lot about that, the Amish community in comparison to the, the I don't know the normal community the non Amish community mm-hmm. that like you compare them in ways and yes they're way more religious for sure but you know what else they are way more fucking competent we couldn't build a house Fuck, no. most of the you know you couldn't get all the people on your street together to build you a fucking barn nope you know maybe you're lucky enough to have one neighbor who's like let an me bar- engineer. borrow a cup of sugar from him, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, I was aiming a little higher than yeah. that. But, you know, yeah, you get a group of Amish people together, they can build you a fucking barn. And there's a competency crisis coming up. Oh, yeah. 
it's not good. And that that like goes right back to what we were talking about with the the birth rates and and stuff like that. You know, we're not producing enough people to be able to take care of these jobs, and we're not training the people we have to take care of these jobs. And if we're going to if we're going to be encouraging immigration, maybe we should be bringing in people who have those skills. Or maybe we should just fucking train our own people to do. Or it. that, yeah. I mean, we don't. We're Americans, Kyle. We don't want to. We don't want to do that. We don't want to work. No, we do want to do that, man. That's what. That's what. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I'm. I'm about to sound like a boomer right now, but like that's what this country is, man. And it's funny because like the boomers are the kind of the people who threw that away. They're kind of the people who started being like, "No, I let's bring bring the Mexicans in to cut the grass," you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like they they're big on talking that game. They're not big about living that game. That's true. Uh, and I think that we need to be big about living that game. We yeah. need to start cutting our own fucking grass. <laughs> Planting um, our own flowers, yeah. edging our own flower beds, picking our own fruit, growing some fucking vegetables. Yeah, man. Um, Sounded like Owen Benjamin right now. Did you uh, not? Did you fi- did you listen to the whole um, Out of the Silent Planet episode that I did? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to listen to it again. Oh, okay, because you know I, I'm like super busy at work yeah. and. You know how it is when you're listening to something, like you catch parts of it, mm-hmm. and then you like get busy doing something, and yeah. it's like you miss parts of it. I was, I was just curious what you thought of my conclusions. Um, I think, I mean, I can give you, I can give yeah, you something. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, whatever. I think that you have your views, and you definitely like projected them onto the story. Okay, yeah. But I think that you did it in an interesting way. Okay. Um, I don't know that. All of the stuff that you are trying to, like, say that C.S. Lewis was insinuating, whether C.S. Lewis was really insinuating Mm -hmm. that. But a lot of it, I do, like, I told you this before. I, like, I think that, like, 99, you know, percent of what we, what we believe is, like, pretty close. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not even sure if it's not 100. But there are certain things that you say that I can't 100% sign on to fair enough. because I'm not sure about it. Yeah, you know? fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's definitely worth a listen. Like, I think that a lot of the stuff that you're, you are, even if you are projecting it onto it, I think it's valuable and interesting. interesting. It's a good way to think about it. Yeah. It's like one of those things, um, remember I was talking about... Uh, I can't remember. It's been a little while ago, but I did an episode where I was talking about a work of art, and then I was and then I was given the Wikipedia explanation for the meaning. It was a Salvador Dali piece. It was called Geopoliticus. Is what it was called. I I think I, we talked about it. Okay. But um, I, I gave my interpretation of what I thought it meant, and then I read the Wikipedia version of what it's supposed to have meant, and it was completely opposite. Oh really? Like not opposite, but totally different. Yeah. It's like. But what I saw was there and obvious, and the connections and the associations were obvious to me. And uh, it's, I just think it's funny how we can see meaning and interpretation um, of something like that. Uh, piece of art, piece of literature, like the Bible. People read the Bible, and they say, um, as they get older, familiar passages take on whole new meanings to them. And it's like, it's so strange to me how that how that is. You, I know that you read a lot. Mm-hmm. How much are you reading the Bible? Because I've been reading the Bible a lot. Yeah. And man, it's like 
there are just like a million different like you you pick like a three verse section of the Bible and there's like a million different like good things that you can take like valuable lessons mm. that you can take out of it and it's weird that like I'm gonna have a hard time thinking of an uh, like a specific example right now but a lot of the times I'll read a seg like a portion of the Bible and it's like directly applicable mm. to something that I'm dealing with right now it's interesting it's people weird, people say that people yeah. say that I've I've experienced that um, the last time I really I read the Bible in any in any detail was probably when I did I did an episode called Before the Bible. Uh, I did a two part series called Before the Bible, um, where I got into it. Um, and then after I, like earlier than that, when I had my like mystical experience, I started really getting into the Gospels because um, I was pretty fascinated by the the story of Jesus being baptized. It, it, to me, that whole story's great story. That whole story, the images from that story, to me, it was like a reflection of my own mystical insights. It was, um, you know, Jesus goes under the water. The water represents the unconscious, by the way. He gets pulled back up in you know, out of the water, and a dove descends from the heaven, and light shines on him, and he hears the voice of God saying, "You're my beloved son," and. That story to me sounds like a an enlightenment experience, like like what I talk about when I say I have the, I had this mystical experience. You know, uh, he has this transformative experience. He hears the voice of God, which I don't know that I would say that exactly, but I can understand what that means. He heard the voice of God, and the voice of God told him, "You are my kin." What do you mean that you wouldn't say that necessarily? Like, I feel like I had um, messages that I received from God or from my deeper self or from the unconscious or whatever you want to call it. I'll, I'll, they're all fine synonyms for me. Um, I had messages that, that came through where I felt like I understood some meaning or put on a certain direction. But it never it was never a, a booming voice from heaven. It wasn't a voice. It wasn't audible. It, it was uh, something else. That's what I mean. So I don't know that I would say I heard the voice of God, but I, but I heard the voice of God, you know. And it said, it said, Chris, hey Chris, yo, Chris, all is God, my friend, and and so are you. And so I had that, I had that message. So I heard the voice of God, and the voice of God told me the same thing it told Jesus. You and I, right, Chris, you or Jesus, whatever, and God, I, we're we're kin, you know. I had that same experience, and it to me, I read the I read the Gospels now, and I see what happened to me in that story. You know, I didn't used to, but now that I had that experience, I that's what I see in the story. All right, what do you think? Of, what do you think about this that story? Um, so I think that it, you know, like I said, ninety nine percent, I think that we agree, and I think the one percent where we don't is I think that what you're saying makes it seem like there is no difference between Jesus and, and us. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's true. Yeah. I think that's a legitimate, that's a legitimate difference between us. And, I, and I'm not sure of anything. Yeah. You know? I think that, like, the, you know what the word holy means? Tell me. Set apart. Okay. And I do think that there is some... I, I 
I do think that there's a truth in what you're saying and that we are some kind of a part of God and that like harkens to the idea of theosis and things like that, that we can become more of a part of God. Mm. Um, but I do think that there always, and I think that uh, we've talked about this before and I think that you would agree to this, that there is always some level of separation between God, whatever the yes. purest form of God is, mm. and us. Yes, agreed. So agreed. that's again, I like maybe the crossover between is more than ninety nine percent, but yeah. like that that's just one bridge that I can't like cross at the moment. I can't say that there is no difference between Jesus and us. Yeah, because I believe that Jesus is. You know, I believe in the Trinity, and I believe that Jesus is a part of that, and I believe that he is set apart. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of this book. Uh, right here. Right here. It's called uh, The Sacred and the Profane by Merce Aliade. And he, he talks... Merce Aliade. Merce Aliade. He talks, he talks about that. You said to set apart. To be holy means to be set apart. And he talks all about how how... When we set something apart, that's that's what we mean when we say sacred. A sacred space is a space that's we decide is special and different from other spaces. You know, a sacred object is something that's different from other objects. The sacred and the profane, and that was a distinction that human beings brought to experience. Like there, that didn't exist until we existed, and we make that determination. You know, set something apart as sacred or holy. I love that. Another Iliade book. Merce. Patterns of Comparative Religion. Iliade. Oh, is, that, that, is that Italian? That's a good is that question. Is that an Italian name? Uh, that's a good question. Iliade. It's got to sure. be, right? It sounds like... Oh. Spaghetti. Um, I just dropped a bunch of books. Iliade. Uh, another thing I wanted to tell you, because we were talking about Out of the Silent Planet earlier, and the word that they use for spirit is um, Eldil or Eldile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was, I've been reading these Greek philosophers. And when I get to the Plato section, the last this book I've been reading lately, it, it uses the Greek words in parentheses. So when they say something that is uh, like an important concept in Greek, they'll give you the Greek word and they'll explain to you what it means. And uh, it's pretty interesting because then you get the etymology and all that. It's pretty interesting. And, um, you know, when Plato talks about the world of forms, the word for form is, um, I'm trying to think how is it pronounced, um, I think it's Ide. Uh, E-I-D-E. -E, something like that. Something like that. Anyway, uh, it reminds me of the Eldil. Because the word because the word form, Plato means um, the form is the it's the sacred spiritual thing. And matter is the thing that manifests to that form. Right? It's like there's a there's a form or an idea of um, whatever, uh, you know, virtue. And on earth there's manifestations of virtuous things. It's so like, uh, it reminds me a lot of the essence-energy distinction yes. in, in Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Like, you, uh, I've heard Jason from the 2-Bit Podcast, who I, I'm a total stand for. I fucking love Jason mm -hmm. and Mark and the 2-Bit, but they're fucking awesome. Um but he, I, the way I've heard him describe it is that here on Earth, we feel the energy of the sun. We feel the heat. 
we get a tan, you know, mm. it's like a nice summer day. That's the energy of the sun. But if you were to feel the essence of the sun, to be standing on the sun, you would be obliterated. Mm. You would be gone. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like degrees, like a, like a difference of degree. You can experience the essence. You can never experience the energy. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe, I think, I, yeah, you can experience the energy, yeah, but you gotcha. can't experience the yeah. essence. Yeah. That's interesting, man. But I, I wondered if, because there's the uh, ransom in the story being the uh, philologist or whatever and the studying language, I wonder if that El Dile, if that word, uh, if the root of that word is the same as Plato's form. Be interesting because, to check out. Because that's the whole idea that a form is like a spirit and the spirit gets manifested or incarnated in a matter, you know? And that is an idea that is fascinating me right now, Kyle. The idea of incarnation, like it's been creeping up on me little by little that this idea of incarnation is worth like a deeper exploration. Mm. And this is the idea, of course, of Jesus being the incarnation of God. But it's also that whole thing that I, the whole rabbit hole I went down about the Raukadunai or the Rauka Elohim, which is the breath of God that's breathed into Adam, breathed into the clay form that becomes Adam. The pneuma. The pneuma, the breath of life, the spirit of God, the logos, you know. Yeah. Um, and, this, but, and that's basically what it boils down to. It's like if it's the Logos being breathed into man and the Logos that's manifested as Christ, then in both cases, you and Jesus, me and Jesus, we are the incarnation of the Spirit of God. But the idea like that, that all of creation is an incarnation, it's really been, like, it's really been fascinating me right now. Um, so in the uh, book of Genesis, when the world is, when the cosmos is created, it says... Um, it says that the Spirit of God was on the face of the deep. And so th what I gather from this is that when, G when God, I almost said Jesus, when God creates uh, being, he, the Spirit of God, God itself is immediately imminent in it. God is on the surface of the waters. So God creates the cosmos and is filling it. That's how it seems to me. Like the cosmos is filled with the spirit of God, the same way a body is filled with a spirit. That makes sense. Mm. And so this idea that everything is an incarnation, not just Jesus, not just you and I, but everything is an incarnation. And and Genesis says that it says that it says when 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 creation is made, God is there. When Adam when Adam is made, God is breathed into him. God is there within Adam. Within Adam, within the cosmos, you know, you get this fractal, you know, Russian nesting doll image of God within God within God. And that's what I think, there's something about that that is, that it, it resonates with me, you know. There's something true there, and I don't really understand it, but I want to. I, I don't know, man. There's something about that that I do, I also resonate with, and... Like I said, I cannot bring myself to say that there's no difference between myself and Jesus. I, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to bring myself to say that. But I think that that kind of goes back to the that essence energy thing. Like, Jesus is literally the energy. He is God. Um, so there is some level of separation, but we are... You know, again, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Are we the essence or we're the energy? I don't. I think we're the energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Based on your analogy, but you're saying Jesus would be the Jesus embodied the essence. essence. He's the. You know, there's the Trinitarian Godhead, and he is a part of that, and we are not necessarily a part of that. 
but in some way we are linked to it. And like, I know that there's this idea in Christianity, especially the more interesting forms of Christianity that, you know, there are the angels, there are the different, like there's the hierarchy of angels and Lucifer at one point was like the highest on that, Mm -hmm. that when we achieve what we can achieve, we will be higher than that. We will be closer to God than even the highest of the level of the hierarchy of angels. Mm-hmm. We will be closer to God than even that. Like the saints, you know, that like they are closer to God than Michael or whatever the yeah. highest hierarchy that's, is. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to know what the rationale is because like there's a story in um, Islam that gets borrowed gets borrowed by the Christians in a weird way but a story in Islam that says um, that the devil where's it going with this hey Randy <laughs> hey Randy hey, what? what the devil um, uh, what is it um, god damn it I lost my train of thought refresh my memory uh, that we are we can be closer to God than the highest yes. hierarchy of so what they, we, thank you so what they say is that angels were created first, which which we believe, of course, yeah. in Christianity, and that angels were created from fire. Um, it's interesting because fire is associated with logos in ancient Greece. Um, yeah. it's also associated with God and the Zoroastrian religion, the Mazda flame. But uh, um, angels were made from fire, and man was made from dirt, from earth. You know, and because angels are made from fire, and they were created first, they're perfect. They're more perfect, and they're and they're closer to God. And so Lucifer says. He will not bow to Adam when God creates Adam, creates man. Uh, and in Islam, the story says that God told uh, Iblis or the devil to bow to Adam, and he refused. And because, and for those reasons, because Adam is made from dirt, and I'm made from fire. Adam was created after me. I, I, I you know, as Lucifer, I live in the realm of of of, of the Most High. So he refused. And so that's why God, that, that's what was, was responsible for the fall. Uh, God kicks at, you know, the, uh, Lucifer out of heaven, and uh, you know, that whole story of the fall of uh, the fallen angels proceeds. Um, and we, borrow, we, we, we kind of um, commandeered that whole myth in Christianity. We're familiar with the story, even though it doesn't really exist in the Bible. It comes from Islam. Um, again, kind of lost my track there, but, but that, the, but that uh, Lucifer was more perfect than, than man. You know, that, that the angels were more perfect because they were made from fire. And your story is that human beings are greater even than them. Well, that's the thing is like what you're saying is not necessarily contradictory to what I'm saying because we have work to do. You know, like we are fallen. We are imperfect. Uh, we chose this fate. We chose to go sleep on the stationary land. You know, we deliberately said fuck these these commandments i'm gonna do what i want to do it's like you know like Mm. it's like my criticism of libertarianism on some point it's all about me Mm. um we chose to do what i i want to do what i want to do i don't care what your rules are Mm. um so we have work to do we but we can attain a higher level than even the highest of the high well i mean aside from yeah yeah It's funny you say that because it kind of makes something make sense to me better than it did before. Uh, when I was reading all this Carl Jung shit, I love Carl Jung. I love I love it. Uh, he says that um, that 
becoming self-conscious. He say, he calls consciousness, he calls it, um, there's like a Latin phrase he uses, I'm going to forget it, contra natorum. He said, contra natorum. Yeah. Being conscious is against nature. That's what oh, he says. Oh, okay. And when the story of uh, human beings eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden is supposed, psychologically, is interpreted as becoming self-conscious. And you see that with the Bible where they know that they're naked, right? That's the kind of the idea. They become aware of themselves. And what you said is that, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose this, um, what I want, like I'll do what I want. Eve wanted to do what she wanted. She was going to eat that apple, even though uh, that fruit, even though God told her not to. I'm going to do what I want. The psychological interpretation of this is it's not that it's not that Adam and Eve disobeyed God. That was the that was the sin. It wasn't the I'll do what I want that was the sin, even though God told me not to. It's the I that was the sin. Yeah. It, the fact that Eve knew she was an I at all, the fact that she could say I want to do what I want. I want to do what I want is, is is not the problem. It's I. The fact that she that she feels herself apart from God. She's her own thing. Yeah. She's a conscious being. Yeah. She stands on her own. That that's that is the original sin. Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, doesn't I mean I'm like more and more totally in line with that. Like I feel like that is the truth. And you know, I've over the last few like the last couple years kind of abandoned this way of thinking that like, that's like the Ayn Rand thing, you know, like, and those are ideas that we like, like you and I both held very dear and like took very seriously for a long time. And this, uh, this idea of the collective is nothing, you know, like it's not worth thinking about at all. And it's all about the individual. And now I'm like, no, that's like a terrible way of thinking about things. Mm. Now I do think that, there is a way in like we were talking about like leftists who hijack Christian thinking and say Jesus was a communist. We need to have a Bolshevik state where everyone tells us what we're allowed to want. You know, they literally dictate what we are allowed to desire. Um, and I'm not on board with that, you know, but I do think there is a way in which thinking about everything in the terms of me, 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 what I want, what I want is detrimental to us as individuals and the collective both. See, I agree with you. I am so torn about this because I still I still appreciate Ayn Rand's uh, um, radical individualism. I still think that like... I don't think Ayn Rand is like completely wrong. See, I think this may go back to the, the golden mean thing we talked about, that, that you need to have some collective unconscious thing and you need to have some individual conscious uh you know thing that you need to have both and it's like if you don't have the individual you don't have innovation you don't have novelty you don't you don't have transformation and you need that you I need also that. think that you don't have if you don't have the individual you also don't have responsibility for your actions you can put that off on everyone else it's just how we are man yes we're all fallen man we can do whatever we want man you know it's like no like there are rules don't sleep on the stationary land yes. don't eat the fucking fruit yeah don't fuck dudes in their butthole if you're a guy you know like i don't i mean maybe that maybe that's a str- that's like a leap too far for people but i don't think it is like, I think that 
if you believe in Christianity, you can't be gay. You can't act on that. You can't have sex with the same people. You can love, I love you. I've been, we've been friends for over 30 years. We've been friends for a long fucking time. I love you, but I don't want to have sex with you. (laughs) I don't want to put it in your butt because that's like a damaging thing to do to a person. It's not a caring thing to do to a person. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know. You know, you understand what I'm uh, saying. You know what it makes, there are rules. Yeah. You know what it makes me wonder? Because we talked about this before. It's like, we talked about just today about how anything worth a damn is worth some sort of challenge, some sort of sacrifice. You know, it shouldn't be free. It shouldn't be easy if it's valuable, you know? You got to weed out the people that don't, they don't fucking, they didn't earn it. They don't deserve it. Yeah, they want the redemption. They want the forgiveness. They don't want the responsibility. Mm. They want the, it's okay, I forgive you, which God will do. You know, I think whatever that that 99 to 100% separation that you and I have, I think that you would agree that all of the terrible things that you've done in your past, you are forgiven for them if you ask for forgiveness for them. And you are sincere about it. But if you just want to keep doing the things that you're doing and not ask for forgiveness, not sincerely ask for forgiveness for them, but just like in a way that makes you feel good about what you're doing wrong, then you're doing, you're, you're fucked up. You're completely fucked up. Let me ask you this question because this is on my heart at the moment is feeling sincerely guilty enough is, or do you, you know what I mean? Is, is that, is feeling sincerely guilty asking for forgiveness? I don't think so because I think that I, I've been actually had this I've been thinking about this a little bit recently. I think that you know there's this thing called sociopathy that we have, you know, like Dexter's a sociopath, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh sociopaths are people that like aren't able to put themselves in the shoes of other people. They're not able to empathize. And I honestly I don't think that we have born sociopaths. I think that sociopathy maybe it's like a a, a mix of the two. But people want you to think that you're born a sociopath. Mm. I think that sociopathy, at least in part, comes from feeling guilt and burying it. Mm. Being like, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. I'm, what I'm doing is fine. I'm a human being and we're flawed and I'm doing what we do. Yeah. And you just bury the guilt and you pack it down and pack it down to the point where you can't ever fucking acknowledge it. And once you get good enough at blocking it down... Then you're a sociopath. I can totally see that, man. I, I, and because it's like a defense mechanism, like like young people will develop that kind of like psychological defense mechanism. Um, I can see somebody developing a, a, a defense mechanism like that, reinforcing it, reinforcing it, reinforcing it, and then you're a sociopath. Yep. You know and what I mean? And then you don't feel bad about anything Nothing. ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever makes... Uh, this is back to the individual, the me, 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 me. Mm. Whatever makes you feel good, whatever, whatever like assuages the guilt that you feel, that's what you're going to mm. do. You're not going to care at all about being repentant, feeling bad about something and rectifying mm. that. Uh, we've been in, we've been studying Luke and I think it, somewhere in chapter nine, I, I, it's like slipping. I can't remember the details, but there's this part. I think it's, 
Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He was a tax collector and he was sinning. And he chose to... Not only did he feel bad about what he was doing, but he chose to reconcile that. He demonstrated that he feel, felt bad. Mm. He didn't say, man, I feel bad about taking all this money from people. I feel bad about robbing these people and defrauding these people of their money. But I'm going to go to work tomorrow and fuck. I mean, I'm not going to stop doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Look at this life that I live, this awesome life that I... No, Zacchaeus said... I've already given away half of the wealth that I've accrued. And if I've defrauded anybody of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount that I've defrauded them. And, you know, back then, Jewish law was you if you, fraud, if you commit fraud, you have to pay back twice as much. Mm. Zacchaeus says, no, I'm going to pay back twice that amount. Mm. That's how literally repentant I am. Mm. I feel bad about the things that I've done, and I'm going to make it right uh, and that is not something that like that socio sociopathic attitude will allow you to do. You might say, yeah, I've done some bad, you know, I've done some bad things in my past and I'm going to keep doing them because, mm. you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to make people think that I'm a good person, but behind closed doors, I'm cutthroat. So how do you feel about this? We'll go back to the example of a, of a homosexual man for a second okay and the the sacrifice that he has to make to follow the rules to be a christian are greater let's say than for a heterosexual person dude i'm 100% on the same page as you if you are if you legitimately feel this attraction to the same sex as you and you choose to forgo that you are like a saint that's like a, that's a good point, man. And you are a saint. You're if you choose to indulge that, the in my mind, the only reason you're choosing to indulge that is me. Me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I want to break I want to sleep on the stationary land. Mm. I want to eat the fruit. I want to mm. You're right, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I can say and get away with, but you know what I mean. I you do. know what I mean. Yeah. I want to... <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Oh, boy. I don't want to do that, but some people do. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot recently, actually, and I think that... I think... Have you ever thought about the difference between, like, a gay man and a gay woman? Yeah, but, like, what are you pointing to particularly? So I, I'll just say this. I think that when you have gay men, it tends to be, in my mind, a product of perversion and high sex drive. Like, I just want to put it in something. You know? <laughs> okay. And with women, it, it tends to be more of a sad thing. You know, like, mm. people have hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen examples of both of those things. I feel like 99% of the gay men and women that I know fit right into those mm. categories. It's mm. a weird place to end the podcast. Oh, it I is got, a weird place. I got to pee. All right, man, but it's almost at two hours. Listen, I got to say, I want to say this. I want to say a couple things. Um, like, I didn't want to uh, put any pressure on you to come back and do the podcast. I was happy to come back. Like, I wanted to. And I do want to come. I, do, I don't want to, like, not do it anymore. Um, but I think maybe... 
the joint podcast that we do, like you've got a lot of solo content. You got a lot of things to say that you want to put out there on a regular basis. Yeah. I think that maybe the ones that you and I do should be less frequent. Okay. Because I feel like sometimes it's like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like this was, I think this was a good, this it's, was a good episode. That was fun, man. Yeah. And I, not only was it fun, I did have a great time talking to you, but I feel like it was interesting too. Like I feel like people who would listen to this would be like, this is interesting. They're talking about interesting things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want, so maybe cut back on the yeah. amount. No, I, I no, that, I, whatever, man. Uh, whatever you want to do, you can do. This is your podcast as much as it is mine. Um, I, what was I going to say? Fucking for crying out loud. Dude, your memory is not good. Um, you got to like, so start I, taking some ginkgo below. I've, ta- I've been taking alpha brain, but I just stopped because I, I realized, I learned that a lot of people say you shouldn't take it every day. Like there's a, a bunch of, like there's a one ingredient kind of in it oh, that's saying like you probably don't want. You're going to get cancer. I don't know, man. Something. Uh, but um, um, whatever I was going to say was along the lines of, listen, I was very excited that you reached out and said you want to do the podcast because uh, I miss you man and this is your home and I love you and I, I want you here um, there was something else I was going to say but I miss I, I mean I miss like having interesting fun people to talk you know it's like oh I know what I wanted to say I want to talk more about the shit that you are into like you have this whole other like you said earlier about how our Twitter audiences are yeah. so different like you have a like a whole bunch of people that you follow uh, and interest that you have. It's like rarely do we ever talk about it on the podcast. Why don't we talk about it on the podcast? Well, we do. Like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, like we had that episode a while ago that had to do all with uh, like the Crucible, that vegan debate. Yeah. And like some of the people that I love, like I love them on Twitter is Andrew Wilson and Rachel Wilson. I They're fucking great, man. Yep. Um, I, I love like pretty much everything they have to say. Andrew Wilson just recently had a podcast with Posh Redneck. I know you don't even, you know, like, <laughs> I know it's like we run in different circles yeah, on the yeah. internet, but they had a conversation about Christian nationalism that I, I think you should listen to. It's I would, I would like man. to listen to that. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I just, I, all of those people, like, I, I just think that they're super. And I, I do think that you think that things that they talk about are interesting, but I also think that certain aspects of their, especially like, outward online persona rub you the wrong way yeah um which the way that andrew is in debates does not rub me the wrong i love it i fucking think he's entertaining and like super smart and like like, you're not going to get one over on andrew oh yeah no Um, no i agree with that i agree but like in private messages andrew is like the nicest dude uh, so, you know, that's just something to consider. Yeah. Um, and like, we have a podcast and like, even if you, even if you have this idea that there's Chris away from the podcast and that there's Chris on the podcast, even if you think that there's really no difference, there is, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, there is. Yeah. And I think that that's true with everyone and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. And that's like something that you and I were actually recently talking about when I was talking about whether or not I want to like keep doing the podcast. It's like I struggle with what my online persona is and what my offline and like I do agree that there is like some level of it is the same thing. But I don't know, man. I just like wrestle with like how much I want to put out there and things like that. No, I get you. Um, I think that. You're you're in a the best position, um, like 
you've known me my whole life, and you know exactly who I am. Uh, and the who I am on the podcast is some version of that. Yeah. But it's not identical. Yeah, you have to you hold know? things back, yeah. and you have to, yeah. like, I mean, for understandable reasons, you are much more, like, hesitant about yeah. being certain ways. And yeah. say, I mean, part of that is that, like, I do believe different things than you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but some of that is that you, like, want to strategically not put things out there, which is understandable, mm-hmm. which I'm wrestling with. Like, you know, I've said things on this podcast that, like, I, I could get in trouble for, you yeah. know? I think in this podcast, yeah. this episode... Yeah, you're probably I've, right. You know? You're probably right. But, um, yeah, I just, like, I do wrestle with, like, how much I want to be putting out there and things like that, but... I think what's important is for when this happens for us to say it. And I've been trying to do that. When I feel like I'm not saying something because I'm afraid... I want to, even though I won't say the thing I was going to say, I want to point it out. Like, listen, I was going to say something. I feel like I can't say it because, because whatever, the state of the, the state of things. The state of the union. <laughs> but I think that's important. I yeah. think that's important. I think more people, just the idea that we're being censored, the idea that we're being, uh, that we're forced to. Discouraged from saying certain things and expressing certain ideas, it, even if those ideas are true. Even if those ideas are true, exactly, especially if those ideas are true, yeah. it needs to be at least put out there that we feel this way because we're not the only ones, yeah. you know? I have to pee. All right, we got to go. <laughs> All right, guys, that's two hours. We love you. Uh, Adios. Cue the music. We'll be back soon. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but oh, infinitely man. more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. It's not easy work thinking it's hard and full of uncertainties but i'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze see what i did there let's find out together in the next episode